everyone. Welcome back to The Balance Beam. I'm your host, Nikita Thigpen, and as always, I'm ecstatic to bring you amazingness. This morning, we have something a little bit different with a little bit more pop. I have Deborah Asareff, an amazing, incredible CEO, founder, and diva of Popcorn Productions, who creates experiences that are unforgettable for your current and past clients so you can get six times more out of everything you wanted, creating loyalty. Deborah, welcome to The Balance Beam. Thank you so much, Takeda. Great to be here. You're welcome. I'm super excited to be here because you know you and I have been chasing each other around in New York and Philadelphia circles for quite a few months just trying to get you scheduled. You're such a busy lady, and I'm excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, summer's a busy time for us because people are running around and they want to send things to their clients and they're getting ready for the fall, which is such a busy time, so... I know. Put me on the back burner. It's okay. I'll, I'll accept it till you send me something awesome. <laughs> Tell everyone else about you and what you do so they can really understand all the things about Popcorn Productions and why you have to balance everything that you're juggling. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I'll start with a little story about how Popcorn Productions came to be. Um, I was originally from ABC Television where I was put into large-scale galas that were then aired on ABC and ESPN. So things like the Muhammad Ali 70th birthday, Lady Gaga Thanksgiving special, shows like that. I was very lucky. I was in a tiny department. We were three, which meant that I was doing all the work, which was wonderful because it was such a great learning experience. Uh, But what I quickly came to learn was that each of that took about six to eight months to produce. And then they would be over in 36 hours. And all of a sudden, everything you worked for kind of disintegrated. It was almost like a really bad joke. (laughs) And so um, it never really sat right with me. I always kept thinking that I want to build something that lasts. I want to build something that helps people. I don't want to keep building these flashy things that then just disappear. Not to mention, of course, that my boss was always giving me like a quarter of the credit. So (laughs) that's another story. Um, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to quit and I'm going to start my own marketing company. Okay. And everyone I knew was like, you're crazy. People spend their entire lives wanting a job at ABC. At your age, like, you're insane to walk away from that. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't. Like, I'm too French for that. If I'm not happy, <laughs> it's not rolling. <laughs> so I decided that I would start Popcorn Productions. But I didn't really know what popcorn productions was going to be I just had the name for some reason in my mind Mm -hmm. and I was like you know what I gotta figure this out so I went around and I started talking to all these small business owners that I knew personally but at the time I kept saying to them you know what talk to me and tell me what you have right now what are you thinking when it comes to marketing what are your complaints what do you need how are you not being serviced right and they said to me they were so they really helped me so they said I had three similar complaints every time the first one was why is it that every time I talk to a digital marketer they tell me I need a new website mm, you better preach right there websites are pretty but they don't make me any money the people who go to my website already know me second one 
Every time I talk to a digital marketer, they keep telling me that leads, clicks, analytics, social media, PPCs, whatever acronyms you want to use, are going to be what is my money maker. Yeah. Well, guess what? It puts thousands of dollars down the drain, and it's not converting anything. It's just giving me leads that never close. So how is that really helping me? Exactly. And the third one was my favorite. The third one was, since when can marketers tell you they're going to open the doors to possibilities, but they're not held accountable for results? Mm. And when I heard all this, Nikita, I was like, you know what? They're absolutely right. And I have this a little non a little non traditional, but this is my belief. I really believe that most small business owners have been brainwashed to think that they need to market themselves like Fortune 500 companies. And the problem is, it doesn't work. Exactly. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work because you don't have time, you don't have the money, you don't have the resources, you don't have people, you don't have the infrastructure. It doesn't work for a thousand and one reasons. But the bottom line is it doesn't work. What does work is this. When you ask a small business owner how they get most of their business, they'll all tell you one word. Referrals. Exactly. We're 100% referrals. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And then when you ask them a simple question of, hey, by the way, where is your marketing dollars going? They'll tell you anything but referral. They'll tell you my newsletter, my blog, my social media, (laughs) anything but. So that's really when the light bulb came on and I was like, you know what, I got to do something about this. Um, And I, I truly believe in this day and age what really makes people distinct is the experience they give to their clients. I'm sure you I know, I've heard you talk about that, so I know you agree with that. Absolutely. Um, and so that's really the two meshed together. I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, what we really do is we come in, we look at the marketing companies are already doing, we set up their, normally we refocus, like, and we do their entire business model, so we'll mm-hmm. repackage their offerings so that they're really juicy and different. We'll rename them. We'll tell them what, what they should really price them at. We'll do a tons of, like, sales funnel stuff of like mm-hmm. how how do you start from someone's maybe interested to someone is dead on interested and then upsells so we'll do the whole sales funnel because they need an infrastructure and what I found is that a lot of people will tell you oh I want more business I want more business but their company doesn't actually have the infrastructure to handle more business that is a hundred percent right absolutely mm-hmm right mm-hmm. and so what I what we do is we first make sure that infrastructure part is dead on you know what you're selling at what price you're selling it and how you're selling it once you have that we get into the marketing piece and that's really where the fun is so we create these unforgettable experiences that are targeted as campaigns to your current and past clients and it brings in a wave of new business and referrals and loyalty and upsells (laughs) and it's like all this amazing low-hanging fruit that people forget to pluck ever so often the things that were sitting right there on the edges First of all, let me say on air, you're going to be one of the first speakers that we bring out to this new program that we're doing, that we're launching in October in New York. It starts earlier in Philly, but it's literally, I keep attracting all those people that you're talking about. They're focused on building because they want to build, but they're nervous about it because they don't have the bandwidth. You hit that, the infrastructure. They're not really so much as trying to get more people in the pipeline, to your point, for these particular group of people I'm talking about. They have enough in the pipeline, but they can't keep up with what's there. They don't have systems and processes to funnel them through, to make sure there's something kind of automated but personal. So, you know, for the people who are at the low, more so the higher part of the low-hanging fruit, 
they're not ready to drop down yet, but you don't want to lose talking to them and nurturing them in the process because you're so busy trying to, to handle all these other things, like you said, no, social media, the, the website. Yeah, it's a it's a big deal. So we're going to create a growth strategy for them because those people will need all kinds of personal development retreats and retain all these new hires that they come in. So we're priming them to become uh, somewhere on our tree at some point. But we're attracting a lot of those entrepreneurs that don't fit the corporate personal development stuff that you know we really target. But they need a lot of business breakthrough stuff because they're stuck with that. You are so key for that, Deborah. So heads up, you'll be a speaker. But <laughs> aside from that, like this is an amazing like that distinction that you're talking about, where you're hearing the voice of your clients, of your customers say, "Oh, referrals is what gets people in and keeps them in." But you know, I'm targeting all these other things. You found a gap, and you literally filled it with pop. <laughs> I'll tell you the, the worst part. Most people have been taught at this point because people make so much money off of their vulnerabilities, which is like horrendous to me. But most people have been taught that referrals, they're nice, but they're fickle. You can't rely on them. They just drop out of the sky when karma comes a knocking, you know? And it, it's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, who taught you that? Like, who one day woke up and was like, uh, let me tell you right now, referrals, you can't really depend on those, but clicks, you can depend on clicks. <laughs> <laughs> who came up with that? That's like, that's not any more correct than, than saying anything else, you know? Like, oh, no, like, uh, you can't depend on so-and-so. Like, it's all, it's all, it's all bogus. No, absolutely. I think to your point, though, is what they're trusting is they're trusting some kind of track, trackable information, whether they're using a right. webmaster or Google it's Analytics. Control. You're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but and, and you're creating a way to track that, it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this idea of spray and pray, which I like I've never been able to understand. But it's it's a tech term that a lot of marketers use is that. Well, it's a numbers game, right? So mm -hmm. if you're in front of enough people, eventually some of them have to like what you're doing. Some of them have to convert and click and decide to, um, you know, want to work with you. And the truth of the matter is, why waste your money and your time and your energy doing that when, in fact, you could already just be speaking to the people who do love you who are huge fans of you and who are three times more likely to buy from you again if you've done a good job. No, your your point is well taken and well received because although I've never heard that term, the, the spray bang <laughs> one, I do know that people all over talk about the numbers game and, you know, just get in front of large and, and I've always been anti that. I don't think it's quantity. I think it's quality, which has always been something that we've bucked up against. Now, my expertise is clearly not yours on any level, so I don't talk to them at the same angle. But to your point, they, they spend all their time and their energy. So they get tired, they get burnt out, they're not balanced, they're not taking care of family, they're so focused on building so much that they can't balance. So that's where I get them, is they are drained, burnt out, crazy, and you're like, I have something that can help you with that if you just listen to your own market. And that's effectively what you're helping people to do, is balance their business by listening to their market so they can grow yes. more sustainable. That's awesome. Absolutely. That's super awesome. So what are you doing to like balance your own business? Do you have the same funnels and systems and techniques in oh, place yeah. for you? We walk our talk 100%. So we are um, 
all our clients are from referrals. We have systems within our own company of um, certain actions that trigger certain experiences. So for example, if someone gives me a referral and that referral pans out, I have this woman that I work with who creates these amazingly um, personal and branded terrariums. And I'll, I'm always listening to hear what people like, what they do, what like, you know, so I once had a referral from a guy, for example, and he kept on telling me every time I saw him that he loved playing golf on the weekends. That was his thing, playing golf in New Jersey. So um, what he gave me a referral and it, and it closed, um, I sent him a terrarium that was very masculine and it had a golf ball in it. And uh, I sent it to him and he called me right after. He's like, this is amazing. No one's ever sent me something so personal before. And it's, I mean, like, listen, guys, it's not the rocket science. It's all about listening. And I know everyone says that they don't have the time to, but if you you know, are a little more strategic and spend a little less time being busy for the sake of being busy right. and a little more time just listening because honestly, I don't know if it's too spiritual, but the answers are everywhere. Like there are everywhere. I'll give you an example. I really believe the universe talks to you. And Absolutely. It's just a matter of like paying attention. Yeah. So I'm, I'm one of the things that we're working on right now at Popcorn Productions is we're spreading our wings a little bit and we're going after clients um, that are, you know, really rely on membership mm. and rely on loyalty as a way of, um, you know, sustaining growth. Mm -hmm. So museums, zoos, um, online beauty companies, things like that. Mm -hmm. So one of my dreams is to one day be hired by the Bronx Zoo. I love animals. Oh. I'm like passionate about animals. And I, um, I kept, I, I had this dream. I just really, really want them to hire me so I could tell them all the cool stuff they could do rather than like what they are doing. So that's that. And then my friend, I have a good friend of mine who just left to New Orleans, mm. okay, for, the, yeah. for a weekend. Mm -hmm. okay. Yesterday, I'm sitting on the subway minding my own business I look to my left and all of a sudden I see this woman reading an article about best restaurants in New Orleans and I'm like oh yeah I know I'm thinking about her I miss her too and then I look up and there's an advertisement for the Bronx Zoo New York goes wild for the Bronx Zoo and I was like you know what this is just the universe reverberating right back to me what's going on in my life um, but things like that, whether personal or relationships or business, are around you all the time. Like, if you want to know what you need to be doing next in your business, go in a quiet room, yep. sit there for a good 20 to 30 minutes, mm -hmm. close your eyes, turn off your phone, and listen, and you will find the answer. You'll find it. Um, you can't be too spiritual with me. So let me just put that out there. I'm 100% a believer of that. There are formulas that are in, and there may be balance beamers who don't agree, but everyone who knows me knows I don't bite my tongue when it comes to God. He puts formulas in the universe that are there. He gave us everything we needed for us to activate it. It's just a matter of us listening and doing it. So to go with the corner um, reference that you use, like I have a closet, literally. It's, it's more like my bathroom, but it's my closet because I have kids. It's the only place I can get away from them. 
And that's my personal space that I go in and it's very sanctuary like. It's not like a regular bathroom at all. And that's where I go to literally just receive and download and do all the different things that I need to do to get out of my own head. And it's an important practice that I think everyone who does. Some people meditate in their way. Some people utilize um, something a little bit more physical to get quiet, to quiet the noise like a yoga or Tai Chi or something else. But to your point, Everything is there. There's a book that um, I did. East a... Squared. Are you talking about East Squared? What it, what's it called? East Squared by Pam Grout. No, I no, I haven't read that this one. Is an amazing book in the world. This if is a good one. Whoever's listening to this, go buy U Squared right now. It's U like Squared. U, the letter U. Yeah. U. That's what it's called. It's U Squared. No E, like Einstein. Oh, E, e squared. squared. Okay. E Squared Balance Beamers. E Squared. I'll make sure that I put that in the write up too. That's my entire life. That book. That's how I was with the Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. That that's an oh, amazing. I gotta read that one. It's a really good book, Deborah. Like you have to get it yesterday, and <laughs> and get and don't do the Kindle version. Get an actual paper book. book. It, it's a game changer. Yeah. But no, I did a, um, a personal development, you know, one of my personal um, permission to pause retreats. We did one in June, and it was at a retreat center out in Bremar, Pennsylvania, that is run by Catholic nuns. Um, the space is like a huge mansion, and, and they run it oh, as a retreat center. Pretty amazing. Well, when I met the woman to just do the walkthrough, you know, to decide if we wanted to have our, our retreat there and all the kind of things, she gave me a book called God Winks. Um, and I wasn't really sure. Like, we weren't talking on that level at all. We were, you know, very, you know, steadfast, strong, professional in our, you know, well, what comes with this, what comes with that, you know, just normal things you would do when you're looking at a location. And she said, do you believe in coincidences? And I said, no, I, I don't believe in coincidences. I think everything is set up for you to receive it, whether you take that lesson as a blessing or you look at it for something else. Like, I think everything is there for a reason, including meeting you. Um, so she said, I have a book for you, Nikita. She's this little tiny lady um, yeah. named, named Sister Catherine. So she came and she brought this book called God Wings, and she said, I need you to read it. And I was, it was in February when we were looking. I was getting on a plane. She was like, just take it with you. When you go to California, just read it. Trust me. The whole book is a testament of what you said, and it's little short stories and vignettes of people saying, you know, I was asking for answers. I was looking for this. And not so much from a, I was trying to attract it situation, which yeah. is which is different than what you're saying about the zoo. Like I put it out there and now, you know, everything's gonna happen. But people who had lost loved ones, a woman who was adopted, who, you know, literally was like, I need to go find my mother, ended up in a city she'd never been in, decided to walk into a church as her first location. And the mother who never went to this church decided to stop at the church and they sat next to each other. Like all oh my God. real serious. Like when they read those stories of the twins that are separated at birth and they find each other yes. again. I think those stories are incredible. And they're not coincidences. That's not a no. coincidence. Um, and so I really like that book. It's kind of... um. It's short vignette, so it's a little fluffy. It's probably less, you know, detailed than like a big leap by Gate Hendricks or uh -huh. uh, E Squared. But it definitely is a really good book to kind of confirm. And it's not like a super spiritual book. Will you send it to me again? God Winks. God Winks. Um, and The Big Leap by Gate Hendricks. Actually, when I see you on August 20th, I'll definitely bring you Big Leap for sure because I have, um, I, that's a book that I keep copies of. 
So I'll make sure I get that one, and I'll see if I can find guide wings for you. Yeah, the thing that I loved about E squared is that they're experiments. Mm. So they actually uh, they give you nine experiments in the book. She the author gives you nine experiments in the books that test exactly um, to show you really that your your thoughts are as powerful as any as as almost anything in the world. And if you can harness your thoughts in a laser focused way, mm-hmm. you can actually bring about anything you want in the world. And it acts really much as an attraction tool. And uh, I'll never forget, there's this one experiment in the beginning that she makes you do where she says, you're going to find today, you're going to create the intention that you're going to find a purple butterfly. And you've got, 20, you've got 48 hours to do it. And you've got to set your mind that at the end of these 48 hours, you're going to find that purple butterfly. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to find that purple butterfly. So mind you, we're in New York City. There are not many butterflies in New York City. Exactly. So not sure how this is going to happen, but I'm going to find my butterfly. First day goes, nothing. Second day, I'm like searching, searching, nothing. And then I'm like on the way home, totally defeated. It's been my 48 hours, like 30 minutes to my deadline. I'm like, ah, I didn't find my butterfly. And all of a sudden, the subway doors open, and this little girl comes in, and she has a shirt full of purple butterflies. Oh, that is so awesome. And I know that shirt. My daughter has it. That is so awesome. But to your point, look at how that showed up. You might have been looking for an actual live butterfly and it showed up somewhere different. So isn't that something similar to what your clients and your prospective clients are experiencing? They're looking in all these different places, but they're missing where it's really coming from. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great analogy. I think that a lot of people, when it comes to their business, they just want to they want to take the surest road and they want to take the one with less risk involved. And a lot of times they think that for some reason, they think that that means it's a numbers game and that there's less risk if there's more people. Um, but in reality, if you think of it just as like, you know, common sense wise, like who do you think is going to root for you and work with you more? The people who don't know you or the people who've already worked with you, love you and absolutely want to talk about you. Right. So there is, you know, in my perspective, a lot less risk uh, when it comes to marketing your clients. Now, can you build a successful business just marketing to your clients? Well, it depends how big you want to grow, right? Um, And eventually, you absolutely are going to need to go into new markets and market in different ways to new markets. But if you're an an entrepreneur or a small business owner with anywhere between one to 15 or 20 employees, you know what? Like, reap those low-hanging fruits because it could bring you thousands of dollars more every month um i have this one client that we work with that i I think i've I've shared with you and um we integrated i mean we really what we did is we um completely redid i call them touch points Mm -hmm. so anything within your company that communicates with your uh, audience or with your um customer is a touch point so it's emails it's flyers it's what you put in the box when you mail something out it's um all those automated messages it's what people get when they download your freebie i mean it's it's a lot and so we've redesigned every single touch point in this guy's company and then we also integrated an experience where people who got one referral got a certain incentive in return 
And um, what that generated for him was 35 to 40 closed sales every month, ever since he started that. So That's a big deal. That's it. For a business owner, the, for him, that was equal to almost $5,000. It was a 95% return on investment for the campaign we did. It was a huge deal for him. Like, who wouldn't want $5,000 extra dollars every month? Right. That, that, that's a really big deal. But I was listening to some of the description of what you did, not only from your old ABC hat, but for what you do now under Popcorn Productions. And I was just thinking to myself, you have to be giving clients strategy, which I'm 100% I'm positive you are, for having them pair in those really awesome experiences that you're giving to current and past clients and having those current and past clients, depending on the situation, bring in a new person that they think. And that's a way to kind of be in front of a new market, so to speak, that's still very referral-based, but that experience, that uniqueness that you're saying and it doesn't necessarily have to be a live event all the time because I know you do, you know, all kinds of extreme, awesome mailers and packages yeah. and gift boxes and all kinds of different things. But it's a way, like, if you have someone, if you mailed a, I don't know, I'm going to just call it a success kit. I'm just making up something. But if you mailed a success kit out on behalf of your clients to current clients and they're like, oh, this is so awesome, and then said, you know, in order to, I don't know, get featured in our, a new upcoming TV show or podcast or to be spotlighted in our newsletter, take a picture with you having this and send it to us or tweet it out and tag us at blah, 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 like those new ways. They're sharing their audience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's incredible. And for, for this online beauty company that we work with, sharing campaigns and loyalty campaigns are huge. And it's all about, well, if you like this, guess what? Your friends probably like this. So, um, you know, share it out, tweet about it. And, but you always have to give an incentive, right? So there's always an incentive attached. Um, what you made me realize that I didn't even mention about popcorn, which makes us even more special <laughs> than what I was talking about, is we're 100% implementation. Mm. So we don't just go to businesses and give them another to-do list because what we found is that no one wants another to-do list. True. People want you to get it done. And so we go in with our ideas, our structures, but we actually do everything. Like we implement every single idea we have. So um, I always say it's it's not the tools, it's the goal. Um, so a lot of people, when we work with them, they'll say, so how many emails am I getting? And like, what, I mean, like, and they want deliverables. And I always say, let's first decide what the goal is because I have a designer, I've got, I mean, a graphic designer and a copywriter and an email marketer on my team. We have the tools already in-house to do whatever it is that you need. Mm -hmm. The important thing is to figure out what the end goal is because emails, social media, all that, it's just a tool on the tool belt. It's not, it's not the end all. It's not what's going to drive, you know, it's just one that works with the other to get to the final destination. No, you raised such a good point. I did a, a an e-course on Udemy. It's a platform that's kind of open source um, called Focus Your Mind so you can achieve success. And one of the key things that I talk about is this pretend productivity loop that people put themselves in. Um, when they think they're being busy, they're sitting in front of professional development, they're sitting with digital marketers or consultants and mentors trying to get all these tools. But where is it going? What are you doing with it? Where is it collecting? 
what have you implemented it? And they all are, you know, besides time management, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the disorganized folk. I'm not talking about the people who wanted to pretend like they were being busy by attending all, you know, like a meeting about a meeting, but talking about the people who really want it, they got overwhelmed with all this stuff that they're not an expert in. It's one thing for me to sit in front of you and hear you speak and say like, wow, like she just taught me 20 valuable things around retaining or gaining my loyalty in our customer base as, as a corporation. That's not my expertise. So why not bring you in to show me not just how to use the tools I have, but to actually do it so I can watch that experience and say, okay, you know, Deborah Popcorn Productions, pass the ball and maybe my team takes over from here. Maybe you can you continue to kind of monitor our team to make sure we're not getting thing, anything lost in that that funnel system that we created, you know, people start to tweak things after the fact. They think they got it and they didn't and they messed up something. <laughs> All of a sudden, the numbers are going down. Exactly. I really think that um, delegating is the reason that we're growing as fast as we are. Um, you, and here's the thing, right? So when before you start delegating, you've got this little voice in the back of your head that goes, but no one can do this better than me. Yes. And it's yes. sweet. It's really sweet to think that that's true. <laughs> I remember thinking that about everything in my business. Oh, I couldn't delegate this. No one does this as good as I do. Um, unfortunately, you know what? Everyone is 100% replaceable. And there are people who will do it not only as good as you, but maybe better. So I literally delegate everything in my business apart from the strategy, right. like the experiential strategy. Um, but the whole um, and and dealing with my clients because I love I just love people and I love dealing with my clients. But everyone in my team, they're my implementers, they're my rocks. Like I'm not a graphic designer. What am I going to fiddle on Photoshop for? I'm not a copywriter. Like, am I going to write paragraphs of texts? No. Like I'm not not witty enough. Um, you know, it, it, and email marketing. What do I know about writing an email? Like, so in. Honestly, like the minute you start delegating, I say that it's really addictive because you start to realize how productive you can actually be exactly. when you're just doing what you're really, really good at. Um, and it's, it's, I recommend to everyone. I always said it was the, it was the thing that honestly catapulted us where we started doubling our numbers every single year. It's because we delegate, 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 delegate. I 100% agree with that. Darren Hardy from Success Magazine, um, I don't know if you, you read that publisher, yeah. uh, but he talks a lot about staying in your lane and maintaining that vital function. So your vital function is obviously the strategy. It, it's natural, it's gifting, it's your history, it's your skill set, it's your talent. So you will almost probably never, no matter how big your company gets, although you may hire additional strategists to kind of help you get unstuck and, and think out of the box as you grow and have more clients, um, that's something you'll probably always be connected to, literally, from like vine to vine to bloom. Like you'll always be there. And the the business development aspect of what you do may not be where you stay, but you'll always have a touch point with your clients. That's your that's your vital function. That's what makes popcorn productions, pun intended, pop. Right? Yes, it is. Right. <laughs> he talks about that a lot. And I, and to your point, you have to know where your lane is and what you're really good at. It doesn't mean that you're not good at a lot because that's the problem with really smart people who are creative. I'm an analytical creative. 
all day long. And my biggest problem was I'm so good at so many things. And it's not an arrogant statement. That was just like a reality. Like I'm really good at a lot of things, but what's my vital function? What's the thing that no other person that we bring in could do what Nikita does and the way that Nikita does it to attract the people that Nikita know are right for her business? I had to choose that. And then you leverage the skills of all those other really smart people that you bring around you that are smarter than you in their lane because they are smarter. You're smarter than me in that lane. And I need to be like that. And they make you stronger. (laughs) They make you so much stronger because all of a sudden it's like, um, I can't explain it. It's like someone pushing you on the stage, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're able to now take your spotlight where you deserve it, where you're good at it. And everyone else, it's almost like they're your crew, right? They make sure that that beam light is working. They're making sure that everyone's sitting in the audience, that the stage is clear, that it's set. I mean, um, they're your support. And they make sure that when you shine, you're really shining. Absolutely. They help you walk on your balance beam in your business and definitely in your life. Because if popcorn productions is popping all over the place in a really strong, effective, smooth, systematic way then your husband gets a lot more time from you and a lot more intense energy because you're not with him on a date. You're not with him on, you know, while you're going shopping, but you're not really there. You know, you're standing at, you're talking, he's like, honey, you're listening, huh? What, what did you say? Because you're really focused on all these other you, things. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I started implementing is that either on a Saturday or a Sunday, I pick one day now where I leave my cell phone at home. Right. And this is what I found. Your brain immediately switches to vacation mode it is almost hysterical at how fast it happens but if you think about it two things happen when you go on vacation all the time one your your cell phone doesn't always work so well right or you've got huge data roaming issues and so you turn it off or you put it on airplane mode until you get wi-fi right so Mm -hmm. you're using it a lot less the second thing you go exactly you start breathing deeper Mm-hmm. Because you're more relaxed, right? Mm-hmm. Those two things have such an, a deep impact on your mind and how your mind operates on your feelings, on the way your perspective, mm-hmm. on your intentions, that um, I found that the days that I don't bring a cell phone, I'm clear. I have more purpose in the day. I'm more present with the people that I'm with. I start, I'm more talkative, so I, like, I find little things that I want to talk about, and my husband's like, and he's like, you shouldn't have done this, you're driving me crazy. All the time with him. Um, but it is, I mean, like, I recommend everyone, like, leave your cell phone at home 24 hours, once a week, and it is, like, a mini vacation, a mini vacation. I love that. I'll, I'll say that I'm your first testimony without you realizing it, so... A few weeks ago, we were celebrating my birthday and my anniversary is in the same week. We decided to do a staycation because there's so there is so much going on with business that we had a small window. It really wasn't enough time to like go, go anywhere. So we shut down everything. Um, And I'm not someone who walks around with my phone. I just don't. When I'm sitting in a meeting, it's buried in my purse. I'm usually getting yelled at by the kids or my husband because they're like, I called you 10 times. I told you I was in a meeting. You know, I'm not even going to look at it until I'm in transition. It's pretty much leaving one place to another is when I look. But that's still not the same as just being turned off completely for a, a, at least a full day. So we did that for two and a half of the four days that we were away because we had some techie stuff that we had to handle before we left and when we were coming back. 
those two and a half days of being being local, going to restaurants, doing all that stuff, my phone pretty much lived on the charger. It sat where it needed to be. I didn't really look at it. I didn't take a lot of, you know, you want to take pictures of your food and upload them or say like, <laughs> I'm enjoying this moment at the beach. I'm doing I didn't do any of that. I have a breathe room on Facebook that's a, a, a room for all balanced beamers and 10X focused community people to join. And we're constantly sharing stories about how we breathe through moments of stress or what we did today that was like our permission to pause moment, all those things. I didn't post anything in the breathe room for the whole week. I made sure my intern posted some things, but you know, so it was active, but I didn't send anything. So when I went to sneak, because this is how our minds were, this is how ridiculous we are. I'm on vacation mode. I'm loving it. It's been 48 plus hours. I started to have a little withdrawal. Like, oh, what am I missing? What's happening? What's going on? Let me check. So, you know, you check email first business wise, you know, go there. Then it went to social media and I'm seeing all these responses to Haley's our, our PR intern. So I'm looking at all the responses of the stuff she posted in the breathe room and on Twitter and all this stuff. And it was, you know, good stuff. And all these messages I met and there were people like, I'm trying to get in touch with you. These were not clients. This is mostly family. I'm trying to get in touch with you. What's going on? Are you safe? Are you breathing? I was like, so if you're off of social media for 48 hours, people think you're non-existent. What is happening? Like, that was crazy to me. And there was so did much you, stress. Did you find that your phone, like, this is the realization I had. Just let me know if it was something that you experienced. The realization I had was my phone dictates my day. Yeah. It tells me when I should write an email, yep. who I should talk to, and when I should talk to that person. When, like, it is constantly putting me in a mode of reaction. Yep. Rather than pro, pro being proactive, exactly. right? So I'm constantly reacting to things all day long because my phone is telling me to, rather than being proactive and saying, "No, today I want to work on this," and not I don't want to be distracted by anything else. And I found that taking that control for 24 hours does me such it does me such good because then during the week when something bings and I don't want to talk about it you know what, it's going on the back burner and I'm not going to react to it just because my phone dinged. And um, it's something that makes no sense until you experience it, but I was wondering if that was something no, you had experienced. No, I 100% agree with it. I get, because I'm an early bird, I get up really early in the morning. I do not look at my phone first anymore. I used to because I have little devotionals on my phone, little meditative sounds. and You know, I use it as part of a smart infusion into my relaxation. But you can't help but look at the little bar that says you have 25 notifications on Facebook (laughs) and, you know, 100 whatever. And I have everything on silent, so I won't be triggered by sound notifications for any reason. But when I'm looking to stay in my meditative place, Somehow I ended up checking Facebook or Pinterest and don't get me started on Pinterest and you know, or I'm going to different places that is so distractive. So I would say it's four o'clock in the morning and normally I'm in a a zone to do my other things before I knew it. I spent 40 minutes checking, responding, doing, and to your point, like you get into the zone. Now time has passed and there's a sense of stress and urgency to now, you know, skip whatever relaxation you were supposed to be really doing to now, okay, I got to get back to the grind I have to do, or, you know, whatever, whatever running around or errands or whatever your day, um, you know, is scheduled for you. And it made me very reactive. So I stopped that. I'm like, nope, 
I keep it on the charger. I get laid out by family all the time. Like, I sent you messages. Was it an emergency? If it was, you know how to get me. Call my husband. You know how to get me if you need me. But I just needed to untether myself. And <gasps> setting those boundaries help. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Setting those boundaries help completely. That's I'm going to start doing that once a week. I'm going to infuse your strategy from Popcorn Productions into my balance of my life and my business. And I'm going to let you know how it works. Yeah. That's my strategy. I unplug one day, one day out of seven. <laughs> and, um, and it feels really good. That I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Give me, I'm going to test it for 60 days. Give me 60 days yeah. and I'm going to let you know how it goes. Um, and then you can, you know, tell me if I did something wrong or something right. I'm always looking for new strategy and new ways. So Balance Beamers, that's the challenge to myself. Nikita Thickpin is going to try popping her plans by adding this, <laughs> this um, infusion of coming off the tethering social media lane, coming off the phone and access for 24 hours minus... I do have a periscope that I have to do at 5 a.m. every morning. But outside of that five minutes, I'm going to put the phone down. And I'm not going to do anything else. And that will be a promise that I'm making on air, live, accountability right there. <laughs> I will hold you accountable. I know you will. And I'm a little nervous about that, but I know you will. <laughs> so, Deborah, what's a great place for people to stay, even if it's not just for 24 hours when they're on vacation, they're bringing it down, or maybe they're doing a longer week away, what would you recommend? Um, so I gotta tell you, about 10 years ago, my mother was visiting uh, the Grenadines, mm -hmm. and uh, she was staying in Moustique, and um, she decided to take a little boat tour, and she discovered this tiny little island called Bekwe, hmm. which is, for me, a safe haven. Um, she built a house there, and we go there, talking about Unplug, I go there once a year for probably about anywhere between a week to 10 days, however much time I can squeeze. It is the most unbelievable place in the world. And here's why. You need to take two planes to get there, which means that there's no major anything. There's no hotel chains. Mm -hmm. There's no restaurant chains. There's barely any tourism. It's just... You and the locals, which I love. Um, so you go in the morning to the local fisherman, and you tell him you need two fish, and he goes out, and he catches them for you, and he brings them back, and you buy fruits and vegetables from the local market. You do yoga in the morning. There is no reception, so forget about Netflix or <laughs> your phone or your computer. I mean, like, forget any of that stuff. You better as well just leave it at home. It is the most unbelievable place in the world and the people there's almost there's no crime on the island there's like literally one thug <laughs> it's, it's like the cutest thing in the world because like the cop there's one police officer on the entire island because it's so small and he drives around a little go-kart <laughs> it's like almost like a, a cartoon that is crazy the, the beaches are amazingly mm. i mean the water is so clear and warm and um, I just bring a book, a bunch of them, and I read, and I drink rum punches, and I run, and I swim, and I do yoga, and I reconnect to me, and my, my husband and I actually got married there, because oh. it was such a special place for the two of us. We got married barefoot on the beach on, in Bequai, 
So um, if anyone is looking for an amazing place to stay and to just have a, it's, it's not a nightlife, okay? It's not a club med. So if you're looking for a place to just zen out and get back in touch with yourself and get all the noise out of your head, yeah. go to Betquay. This I highly recommend it. is amazing. First of all, you just describing it makes me want to visit. That's number one. Um, I'm laughing at this whole one thug, one cop option because they probably take care of each other and give each other <laughs> business. If laptop goes missing, he, the cop will go knock at his door and he's like, all right, come on. And there isn't even a jail there, so they have to put him on the ferry to get him to see Vincent, where he spends like, I don't know, half a day, a full day in jail, and then he comes back. <laughs> the one degenerate on the island. <laughs> I cannot. He brings some some entertainment and life, which is completely different from New York and Philadelphia. Right, right. On every level, this is this is awesome. You have to send me some pictures for that too. I would. Be... I will. I got tons. Like every yeah. year, I love that place. It's so sacred to me, and I um, I don't want them to build a bigger airport because I'm scared that the minute they do, that's when all the Marriotts and the Hyatts and the whatever are going to come and, and ruin it. So it's my little safe haven for now. Absolutely. It sounds like they need a little popcorn productions if they're trying to build tourism, but they want quality and not quantity. It sounds well, like they could use you. One of, my, um, one of my dreams of giving back to that island because they've given me so much is to build them a movie theater oh. because they don't have one. So um, it was my mom's dream because she actually has a film festival that she's been running for over 10 years. Um, but... I'm taking it on also as a personal mission because I think that that's one thing that they're missing. They need a movie theater. That is incredible. Well, I hope through all of our collaborations and all the wonderful things that we still have ahead of us, maybe we can help you get to that movie theater a lot faster. That would be amazing. I hope so. I hope so too. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Deborah, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you or your team, whatever your entry level point to get them beginning that conversation with you is for popcorn productions. Sure, you know, go to the website. It's www.popcornprod.com. Uh, we've got a really cool guide for free on the website uh, where we download it through experiences for your top clients um, and uh, here's the kicker we don't add you to a mailing list so it's not like download it and then I'm going to spam you for the rest of your life just download it and use it and um, I really hope that it brings you a lot of success if you need more support from there my contact information is on the sheet and it's on my website and feel free to contact me I, I love helping and I love listening so I'm happy to have a call Oh, you just said something really sexy. So before we wrap up, because I think this is a great balancing tool, especially for entrepreneurs and for some of those smaller businesses that may be under maybe the $5 million mark, do you agree or disagree with email marketing lists as a way to keep your, your flow going, to autopilot your system and to begin the nurturing process, which for us adds balance for the clients that we work with, but for some people, they are anti-email What's your take on that? You know, I think it's actually an individual thing. I think it really depends what your industry is and who your audience is. If you're in the beauty industry, you know what? People want to hear from you several times a day because it's all about sale, 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 sale. But if you're a, I don't know, a lawyer or if you're a accountant, are people going to be reading your newsletters? I don't know, you know, 
maybe not. So, um, you know, I, I'm just about looking at the trends and trying to go against them because at some point, if everyone's doing the same thing, exactly. then it just becomes mediocre. Mm -hmm. And what I started realizing is that everyone was doing this thing where they were setting up forums on their websites and giving, exchanging great content, well, not always great, but content for information. And then they would like, blast those people and then people would be really hesitant about actually giving their information because people are tired they've got too much noise in their head they don't need more stuff so my personal philosophy is i'm not looking to bombard anyone i believe newsletters are mostly dead unless you're reinventing them and, and i have tons of ideas on that and um if you're gonna give someone something for free then don't hold them ransom for your, their information just give them something for the experience of it because they'll remember you for it and if they like it they will reach out and they will um absolutely get in touch with you we have so much in common. You're so awesome. I have to introduce you to, to someone else that just popped in my head that I, I think you guys have a lot of commonality. Um, so off air, we'll make sure we take care of that. But that's, <laughs> yeah, Deborah, you're awesome. You've been an amazing guest as expected. I'm so excited that you stepped away from your mint garden with all the wonderful things that you were <laughs> taking care of this morning um, to make some time for the balance beamers and walk with us on the balance beam today. Thank you for being you i appreciate it thank you so much for having us this was really fun you're welcome so you stay right there balance beamers you know the drill right after this you're about to get more tools for you to not sit and collect in a toolbox somewhere like deborah said earlier but to actually infuse we'll be back soon welcome back to another empowerment moment just for you I want you to really sit there just for a second and reflect on all that you do and all the ways that you really try hard to be perfect. And then I want you to ask yourself, do you really want to be perfect? Think about it. Perfect people can't make any mistakes. Perfect people have to talk right, look right, act right, dress right, stand right, do everything right. But whose right is it? What you do perfect here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania might be really imperfect over in Europe or India, some other area of Asia or Africa. Perfect is really something that no one can qualify. If you're not God, you can't qualify it. And if you are God, he understands we're not meant to be perfect. We're meant to do our best at everything that we can do our best at and the mistakes we make, we learn from them. I embrace the fact that I speak a little bit funny. If I talk too fast and get wound up with excitement, sometimes I trip over my words. I actually just make fun of it and have a really good time laughing at the fact, here I am with 5,000 degrees certifications and 300,000 plus dollars in loans to prove it, with all of this expertise, and sometimes I can't even say my name right because I'm like so excited and it comes off like, Nikita! And it didn't sound right at all. But it's okay. And I embrace the fact that I'm not perfect. I enjoy all of me. That doesn't mean that I'm going to go out and make unintentional, really ridiculous mistakes just because it's like, hey, I'm not perfect. I can be free and do what I want. I'm going to try to avoid mistakes whenever I can. But I'm also not trying to be perfect. I'm just trying to be me. I hope you enjoyed this empowerment moment.